Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. This year, something so special and unique. And remember, the designer of a vehicle and the engineer for a vehicle and the creator of a vehicle, the one who envisioned it, the visionary, knows how best to use a vehicle, right? Some vehicles were made for off-road. Some vehicles obviously are trucks. You do not get a, a Toyota Prius and try to drive it like a Toyota Tundra, right? So God knows what he's doing. Once you've accepted Jesus, you've relinquished some areas of your life, and hopefully you've relinqu relinquished every area of your life to the Lord. But when you turn over control of your life to God, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I promise you right now, things will get better. There's, there's issues. Sometimes you seek God and you feel like, man, the enemy's against me. All hell is broken loose. You know what? Let me tell you right now. Scripture says the way of the sinner is hard. But Scripture also says the righteous fall seven times and they get back up. And the righteous suffers many afflictions, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And what is the righteous? This is someone who's right with God through Jesus. That's all that is. So today, I want to get into a new series the overarching title, and it's going to be the actual title of this message this morning, is Why Giving Matters Now and Forever. Why Giving Matters Now and Forever. Okay? Giving. We talk about giving. Said, man, he gave. Sometimes we kind of use it, use the word just flippantly. He gave. She gave. Oh, man, I gave my all. I gave it my best. According to Scripture, God is the ultimate giver. He gave. He gave us light. The first few verses of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? He said, let there be light. He created light. God is the giver of life. Our life goes back to God in the Garden of Eden, according to Scripture. God is the ultimate giver. He's always given blessing. He's, Moses was the lawgiver, and he came from God, right? Moses was a lawgiver. And then you have others in Scripture that God was giving through the prophets. And we see that God gave us His Son, Jesus. And we see that God gave us His Word through Jesus. And God gave us the New Testament through the apostles and through the writers of the New Testament. God is always giving. Now, this is not a message and this is not a series to hustle you out of your money. It is not. There's so much more to giving than just money. But many times with us as humans and believers, but I just want to say it, humans... The human race, it all begins with our money. We think about money a lot. Some of us have gone through money anxiety. Some have gone through money fears. Some think about money too much. But money's important. Money takes on the personality of its owners. People misquote scripture and they say, you know, money is the root of all evil. Well, I need you to look back at that verse because that's not what it says. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money takes on the personality of its owner. It is a servant to the owner. So if a, let's just be real this morning. If, if a guy is into prostitutes, he's going to use his money for prostitutes. If somebody, a man or woman or whatever, is into gambling, they're going to use their money for gambling. You see seeing where I'm going? I've had people over the years say, man, I wouldn't use that drug dealer's money. Hey, if they put it in the offering bucket, God will use it. It, it comes through the doors and it's cleansed. Because our hearts are going to be pure with it. So here's what I'm going to say about this ministry and about this church. This church is debt-free. This church is blessed. But you giving, whether you give or not, God's, God's work is going to go on. Giving, I believe, is more about us. 
more about us and our dealings with God. Tapping into God and understanding things and learning to control greed and learning to just love people. Because if you love God and others, you will give money, you'll give time, you'll give effort, you'll give your best, you'll give your love. So in this series, I'm going to talk about giving money, sure. But I want to talk about why it matters now and forever. I love this quote and I love the movie. It came out in 2000. I don't remember how many times I saw it at the theater, but I just remember being at the theater going, man, the beginning of this movie, I don't even want it to end. It's so epic. And that was Gladiator. I was like, what a manly movie. I feel like I gained weight and got taller and got more muscular every time I saw it. You'd never tell by looking at me now, but really, man. And the, the opening scene, and there's arrows, and they're unleashing hell, right? That's according to the movie. I didn't come up with that. Pastor Matt used a cuss word. No, I'm just quoting the movie, okay? Promise. But I like what Maximus says. One of the opening scenes, he says, What we do in life echoes in eternity. I believe, I believe, I believe in my whole heart that that can be tied into Scripture. Those that turn many to righteousness will shine as the stars of heaven, Scripture says. The righteous will be remembered forever. Being written in the book of life, isn't that eternal remembrance? For how you lived and how you served God and how you put Him first and what was important to you? So why giving matters now and forever? Because it's not only for now, it's forever. The things you do in life will be remembered forever in heaven. Even if they're forgotten in life, they're not memorialized on a gravestone. You know, we buried my mom June 1st. And I've been out to see the gravestone. And it has some great things on there that Dad put. A mentor and mother to many. Loving wife. But it doesn't catch everything that mom did in life. It just doesn't. So I want to remind you this morning, before I get into the meat of this, that what you do in life matters. How you live right now, it matters. The decisions you're making with your family right now, it matters. How you treat people you know, it matters. Who you give to and who you refuse to give to, it matters. It matters forever. Let's go to Matthew 6, 19 through 21. This covers a lot of stuff. Once again, not just your money, and we're going to deal heavily with that, but it it talks about lots of other things here. Look, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wow, isn't that powerful? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I remember years ago, a guy, he was, he was stuck in gangs. He was trying to get out. He'd gone to jail. I think I'd met him at the juvenile program in Lovington. I, no, I did, the juvenile detention facility. I remember him talking to me about money. It was interesting. I was trying to mentor him and disciple him. He was an unruly case right around the time I got married. And I remember one time he told me, man, I'm going to just make money. I just want to... Just make money. Just talk about money. He said, man, y'all are going to like this. He said, I just want to stack up money in my house. Sounds funny now, doesn't it? I said, what do you mean, bro? He said, I'm not going to do nothing with it. I just want to stack it up and look at it. Saving money is one thing. There's wisdom in saving and preparing for the future, even scripturally. But God gives money. He gives us time. He gives us health. He gives us opportunities so that we can give. God is always dealing with the condition of our heart and our money and whatever else that we're trying to withhold from him or others. 
God wants to deal with those things. So once again, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart, what, will also be. Let's go to Proverbs 11.25. This is powerful. I love this verse. Proverbs 11.25. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. We've been, uh, I've talked to you about this before. Man, we, we have to clean out our house often because we are, we're givers. We're givers. That's not to lift us up. We're just, we're just, we're, we're keeping with the ancient law of Scripture, sowing and reaping. And man, we have to clean out closets and stuff because we're blessed. People give us stuff. We get stuff on discount. We get stuff cheap. We get blessed. And we have to keep giving. We have to keep giving. We have to clean out often. We have multiple spring cleanings per, per year because we're not, per year, we're not hoarders. But we don't have a super large house. And you start to get too much stuff and you get, you get crammed in there, don't you? But I want to say, and this is a testimony to God's faithfulness, He's always taking care of us. Scripture says wealth and riches are in the house of the upright. Now you may say, what, does that mean a money bin like Scrooge McDuck with gold coins falling out of it and diamonds and different stuff? No, wealth and riches can mean an abundance of supplies at the house and clothes and blessing. To me, that's wealth and riches. I'm grateful for what God gives us. Having vehicles to drive, I'm grateful for all that. So moving into this, why, is this, why does this matter? Why giving matters now and forever? Point one today, take this to heart. Giving is important to God. Giving is important to God. He's concerned about the condition of our hearts, what we do with the money he has given us. It's mentioned throughout Scripture, tithes, offerings, first fruits, gifts. Give and it shall be given. It's mentioned throughout Scripture. Malachi 3, bring your tithes in the storehouse. Um, in one point in the New Testament, people say, Jesus never mentioned tithes. Oh, yeah, he did. One, one in particular, he says, you should give your tithe. And then he goes on to something else. Like it should be known that that's just basic to give to God. Why? Well, because the tithe is God's. That's not mine. Now, an offering, that's my money. First fruits, what else? Anything beyond the tithe, that's my money. And people say, why would you give to God? Well, he gave me the breath of life. It's tribute money to the king. And it's him making sure our hearts are right with money and priorities. God is big on priorities, isn't he? God is big on priorities. I remember years ago, I had a neighbor who said, he said, man, he, he was divorced. And he said, man, I've noticed that you really prioritize your marriage. You guys are intentional about spending time. You have a day together? He said, who's ever heard of that? And I said, I've had good examples and good wisdom, and good advice that I'm following. And I want a great marriage. I, I don't feel like, the, especially as a pastor, I won't have a foot to stand on in most areas if I don't take care of it at home with my wife. If I can't be a friend to my wife and a, and a love and not just, not just a mate and not just someone who is co-partner in life and just putting our checkbooks together and all this and, and she's doing this and I'm doing that. I feel like God is concerned about the conditions of our heart and he's concerned about giving in marriage and priority and priorities are so very important. I've said this before, this bears repeating. If you look into the older languages, the word for priority is singular. It's never plural. So what is your priority in life? Is it God? Is it yourself? Who is it? What is it? What is your priority in life? And I know that giving is important to God because he wants our priority right. And our first priority should be what? God. 
We say priorities, and I understand that. We're, we're, I'm going to forever say priorities. Your priorities got to be in order. But if God is not taken care of, Scripture says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So God has to be first. He has to be the most important thing. Somebody say the most important. That's right. Somebody say it again. The most important. That's right. He gave me the breath of life. One day I'm going to meet him again in person at his throne. In person. I believe I've met Jesus. I've accepted Jesus by faith. And I know God speaks to me. I believe that according to his word. I believe that. But I know I'm going to stand before God face to face. And I, no excuse is going to work. My, the question will be, what was your priority, Matthew? What was your priority? Giving is important to God. It's throughout Scripture. I'm not going to get into all the verses. Number two, giving is eternal. I hit on this already. Giving is eternal. Right? Look at this. Let's go to Mark 10, 28 through 30. Mark 10, 28 through 30. Then Peter began to speak up, one of the apostles. He was the most mouthy, right? Peter talked the most in Scripture to Jesus, it seems like. He's always the one right by Jesus, one of Jesus' right hand there. He said, we've given up everything to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, what an interesting verse. And property, along with persecution, right? It's not always popular to believe in Jesus. It's not always popular to believe Scripture. Sometimes people come against you and other nations are killing people for believing in Jesus. And in the world to come, that person will have what? Eternal life. So what we do in life, once again, echoes in eternity. Now just briefly, my wife may not want me to bring this up, but I've wanted to for a while. This verse always reminds me of my, my wife. Especially when I go to North Carolina. Uh-huh. Laugh it up, Pat, for real. This is, this is going to get better. Because I get to North Carolina, and they have something that's fascinating to me. And it's called, some of you may have never heard of them, trees. Water. Weather. There are hurricanes. There are hurricanes. There's a trade-off living near the water. There, there is. There is, Pat. But... I was over there thinking, man, my wife loves God and my wife loves me. Out in the woods with my father-in-law. Deer hunting. Yeah, and he shot a deer. Oh, it always breaks my heart. But we thanked God for that doe and we moved on. And it always breaks my heart. Really helps you to value life. But man, being out in the woods and, 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 and the, seeing water from their house and different things, I always say, man, it touches my heart to see the commitment of my wife. Just an example, not to just overly lift her up or anything. I just, just a commitment of my sweet wife's heart. She came to be part of this ministry and to come be near her, her close friend, Elaine, my baby sister. And she ended up marrying me. But I say, man, baby, you love God and you love me to be here in the desert because guess what? How many times in November and December have y'all gone outside or got in the house and you're just staticky? Because it's so dry. I know y'all thought about this. I think about it a lot. I'm bald, but I have hairy arms and legs. And just staticky and dry. And the drier you are, the more staticky you are. And I don't like lotion. So yeah, I'm just about starting fires sometimes in the winter. 
you're in the dark. You can, I've literally disrobed in the dark and seen sparks. When I was a kid, I wondered, is that a superpower? Am I a superhero? <laughs> Turns out I'm not, and I don't. But to see God's love and Jen's love for God, it always touches my heart. And it's another reminder to me that giving is eternal, and Jesus knew that, and he talked about it. Those who have given up all this stuff will be rewarded a hundredfold, a hundred times in life, and that person will have eternal life. They'll be rewarded eternally. Giving is eternal. Number three, when you give, whatever you give, money, different stuff, time, effort, your service, your attention, it shows what is important to us. You know, they've done studies on cell phones. There's a guy, I don't remember his name. He talks about millennials a lot, but he talks about folks in general. Because millennials are really attached to their phones. But a lot of us now are attached to our smartphones. And he said, there have been studies now that prove that people feel like they're not important to you if you're talking to them and you're holding your cell phone, even if it's in silent mode or whatever. The screen's off. You're talking to someone, it, it affects you and affects them relationally and interpersonally when you're talking to them holding your cell phone. He also went on to say that when you set your phone even face down on the table, you're telling people around you, you're not as important as this. You're not as important as this phone. This gentleman actually, in my life, and my social media and all that crazy stuff, but this gentleman actually said that he goes on hangout dates with friends and they have a designated phone user for the night so that they can actually relax and enjoy each other. Haven't you guys ever been to restaurants and nobody's looking at each other? I see couples on dates starting years ago. 2011, 2012, I remember back in the day. Around the time we started, we moved into our house, and people were like this on dates. Like, save the money. Stay at home. Eat canned beans. You're not going to be on a date. You're not going to be out. Then don't be out. Stay at the house. Eat a bologna sandwich and play on your phone. And I've been guilty of it myself, but here's my point right now. When we give time, when we give money, we give attention to something, we give focus, we give credit, we give respect, we give of ourselves, it shows what is actually important to us. And not just as a pastor, but as a man and a husband and a friend and a big brother and a son. I've had to learn this, man, and learn to pay attention. See, I'm naturally like Hammy from Over the Hedge. Naturally. Unfocused. I'm a free spirit. I bring a lot of joy to situations. I can, I can, I'm fun-loving, but I've always had to learn to focus. It's so funny. My wife tells me, baby, please focus. And coffee helps some people focus. Well, it helps me focus sometimes. Other times I want to do everything at once and get nothing done on coffee. It makes me feel great. I, I, it hits me so hard it's like a major drug. But I'm going to tell you, the things I devote time and attention to and the things I give to in my life, whether it's money, whether it's coming to church, giving to God, it shows what is important to me. And it shows what is important to you when you give. It shows what is important to us. Let's review this verse. Let's go to Matthew 6.19. Once again, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in 
and steal. <laughs> Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And along these lines, I just want to make an announcement for something. Those of you interested in fasting this month, and this ties into the message about giving of your time, even giving your food to God, really. Going a few days without food is strenuous, but it's scriptural. So many blessings for it. I just want to announce this real quick, and we'll get into it more um, this week, next week. But Pastor Fabian is going to be leading a fast. He begins his fast tomorrow. He's going to go for three days. His fast is going to be no food, just water. Um, so those who want to fast with Pastor Fabian, this week, go right ahead. Next week, I'll be leading you guys in a fast. Those who want to fast with me, I'm going to begin Sunday after church. After I eat lunch after church, that'll be my last meal until Wednesday at noon. So approximately three days, okay? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday through Wednesday, okay? What is the big deal about fasting? Well, you're giving to God. You're telling God, food is important and it keeps me alive, right? But you're more important to me than my food even. So I know you are the author and creator of life, and you sustain me and give me life, and you keep me alive, and I'm still breathing the breath of life you breathed into Adam and the garden and Eve. So, based upon that and what I know and my faith and my trust in you, God, and my relationship with you, I'm going to give up food for a little while to focus and talk to you and think about you. And that's not easy, huh? You don't have to be a foodie to be hungry when you're on a fast. I've been on fast before, and I dreamed about food cheeseburgers. I don't even get regular cheese usually, but cheeseburgers and fries and pizza and all kinds of stuff. Look into fasting, really. Consider it. And you say, man, I can't do three days. Do one. Fast a few meals and seek God and pray instead of eating. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So if you want to fast with, with us this week or next week, you're welcome to join us. You'll start your year off right. Fasting is powerful. It brings you closer to God. You're giving to God what you would have given to yourself and to your life. Let's go to point four today. Why giving matters now and forever. Sowing and reaping were created for blessing and benefit. Now this verse that I'm going to show you, is a, <clears throat> it's a two-edged sword. It's very powerful. Let's go to Galatians 6-7. Galatians 6-7. What does this say? Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. God is always going to do what's right. Right thing at the right time. You will always harvest what you plant. I like this translation. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature, right? But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And at just the right time, or giving, right? At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we... Don't give up. One translation says, if we don't faint. Another verse says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So don't faint. Church, don't faint. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Especially to whom? To those in the family of faith. Now, does this talk about giving? Yes. Does it talk about time? Yes. I believe it talks about money. I believe it talks about sowing and reaping. Talking to dad yesterday on the phone, and it's amazing. People say, no, you know what? I mean, I, I, don't, give, I don't give to God to receive. I do. I do. Who else am I going to get it from? Y'all ain't going to take me to raise. You're going to buy the razors for this little bald head? No, and this beard, and I go through some Mach 3s now. I do, man. I wear them out on this head and this face, 
And God provides. God takes care of me and my wife. I've got to trust God that according to what he said, he is not mocked. He's going to bring justice. He's going to do what's right. So whatever I sow, I will also reap. If I sow time, people are going to give me time. If I sow attention and love, people are going to give me that. If I sow money, I'm going to get money. Told you for years, I like shoes. I don't have many. I'm controlled in my desire for shoes. Kids that were raised poor, they always like shoes. I don't know what the deal is with that. Y'all know. Y'all know. But I have some nice pairs of shoes. I like them, but I don't have many. I don't even have 10 pairs of shoes, I don't think. Maybe 10. But I give shoes away, and I love giving shoes away. I love giving clothes away. I love giving stuff away. And God always gives us more than enough, and I have to give away shoes every year. Had to leave two pairs of nice shoes in Dominican because I just felt led. I said, God, I've got to give these shoes. They're still in good condition. Somebody's going to use these. And yeah, I got blessed. Shoes keep coming in. I got two pairs of shoes for Christmas. I love it. Whatever you sow, you reap. You sow money, you get money. You sow time, you get time. You sow love, what do you get? Folks across the street from us, this bummed me out. New neighbors, they seem sweet. I don't know them. But there's a tree over there, and it's a Bradford pear tree. Fruitless Bradford pear. Beautiful in all of its glory. It would bloom in the spring, and we'd look out our window at it. And it would turn fiery orange in the fall. So we get back from our anniversary trip, and the neighbors, hey, and it's within their rights as American citizens to do that, but they cut down my tree. My tree on their property. It bummed me out, man. Jen's like, that's my tree. <laughs> We'd just gotten home from our anniversary trip in October, and I went, baby, did you notice? He's like, uh-huh. So they cut down our tree, man. But that tree was, guess what? Up, I said it already, a pear tree. So do you think they planted orange seeds to get that tree? Uh-uh. Watermelon seeds, anybody. Pear. Apricot. Snake eggs, petroleum, a piece of metal. They sowed it in the ground and it turned into it. No, there was a Bradford pear seed planted there, and so a Bradford pear tree sprang up. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man or woman, whatever humanity sows, that will they also reap. You will always harvest what you plant. I was talking to dad yesterday and he said, yeah, of course we give. We give to the Lord to receive so we can give more. But it's so crazy. People say, I give not to receive. Really? I know it's better to give than to receive. Scripture is in harmony. Scripture explains scripture. It's got to harmonize. But let me just say this. It's like a farmer saying, I'm just in business out here. I'm sowing, but I'm not expecting to get anything. I don't need anything. I'm just going to sow. doesn't make any sense, does it? I'm going to sow watermelon seeds and maybe something else will come up or nothing. It doesn't matter. No, it matters. So I sow to be blessed so I can continue to be a blessing to others. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But you need God and you need his blessing and you've got to learn to give and you've got to commit to it and make sure you're consciously giving. And it's harder for some than it is for others. There's been times over the years where I knew, I knew the Lord was impressing on my heart to give something and I was like, oh man, but I like that. I'm attached to it. There's a documentary about getting your life organized, and I'll wrap it up with this. And I saw some of the previews or trailers. And didn't, I heard some of it last night, but I didn't get to watch it. And some people were crying about getting rid of some of their stuff. 
And that may not be strange to you, but it would be, seem strange to me if I was like, Lord, you told me to give away these shoes, and I just cried. It is just stuff, but we get attached to stuff. So my question today is, what is your priority? Where does your heart lie? This is why giving matters now and forever, because giving is important to God. Giving is eternal. It shows what is important to us, and sowing and reaping were created for blessing and benefit, but if we sow evil, we, re- we reap evil. We've got to sow good things. We've got to sow time and, and godliness and money and love, and, and sowing and reaping were created for blessing and benefit. So make sure that those wheels are turning in your favor. Always make sure the wheels of sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, are turning in your favor. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning, if you would, please?